Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. And welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Lavin, and Thomas Henderson. And the Mets just drafted um, their first selection in the 2021 draft, and we'll get to that in a second. But, man, wow. What a... Crazy start to this draft, huh? Yeah. Wild. It has happened. I'm trying to wonder if this is more wild than, more or less wild than usual, and then how much of that is like a weird COVID effect where we just don't have a great eval on these guys, and a lot of them might be moving around because we missed a year. But yeah, yeah, that top 10 was nutty. There never felt like a consensus guy, like, most years, I feel like even when there's not a lot of consensus guys, there's like one or two that are like locks, and really the only one was lighter. It was like everyone was saying he was going to go in the top four no matter what, but even then people didn't really know where, you know? Yeah, there was uh, no consensus, like you said. Uh, well, let's, let's just jump right into the first overall pick. Uh, the Pirates had the number one selection, and with it, they used they used it to select... Henry Davis, a catcher from Louisville, and I don't think anyone expected that. He's not, he's not, he, he's definitely a guy that was going to go in the top 10, but I don't think anybody saw him going 1-1. Yeah, I was surprised. Yep. And, and like, the more, the more I thought about it, I didn't really hate it. Like, he's probably going to be a good hitter, so I get what they're doing, you know? It was just curious. I I honestly found it a little odd he didn't get more one one talk. Not because I particularly like him, but just because he's the best college hitter TM. Yeah. Right. And in most years, that's a dude that's going to get talked about in the one one conversation. Um. And if you believe he can hit, even if he's not a catcher, then then it, it makes sense. Uh, Lloyd knows the Pirates need talent. Um, 
checked notes uh, everywhere, approximately. Yeah. So I don't think they're not going to run into the problem we talked about with uh, the Orioles. So like, I think like that's if, fun. Like if he hits and has to play first base, oh, no, he's replacing Will Craig or whatever. Or, <laughs> you know, wow, like, Will Craig. like it doesn't really – they have so many spots, like you said, it's not going to be a hard time getting him in the lineup whenever that happens for them. No. Mm-hmm. And and the and they're probably going to get a little bit under slot and I think Jarrett put this more succinctly than I can but you're not just drafting the player you're drafting the player and the slot money associated with him so if the choice was Davis and maybe a million bucks in savings or I don't know Jack Leiter and pay the full thing it. That's a reasonable trade-off, even if you prefer, even if, I mean, we prefer Jack Leiter, but we can't kill a team for doing this. I mean, I'm sure they also do too, like on mm-hmm. their big board, you know, but also, like you said, there's other factors here. Well, another team that certainly liked, liked Jack Leiter were <laughs> the Texas Rangers, because with their second pick, they selected the aforementioned Jack Leiter, right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt. It's a good, good fit, I think. Yeah, they they need arms, so they need everything. But like, they're, they're another thing. But feels a little weird that the Rangers went from. I feel like as I was, I don't want to say coming up, but like the first couple years of doing this, I'm like, man, the Rangers are kind of a model organization for developing talent. They always have a really good farm. And then the last three years, like, man, the Rangers suck at developing talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for their, sure. Their farm sucks. Everyone who comes up is bad. So it, it switched real quick on them. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was all just AJ Preller doing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> that spreadsheet is very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with this pick, I'm just, I'm just imagining like Nolan Ryan just rubbing his hands together, like yes, yes, <laughs> the fighter, because he is a good pitcher. As we have yeah. discussed, as we've discussed a lot on this podcast, so the dream is over, but maybe one day. So now, with the third overall pick, the Detroit Tigers selected Jackson Job, the right-handed pitcher out of Heritage Hall High School. Uh, I don't want to say a little a shocker. Tour. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, surprising. I think I said, I don't know if I said this on the pod or in Slack, but of like the top tier of guys, he was the one I thought had the most chance to slip to the Mets and he went at three. I agree. Like I, I, I could have envisioned him being the pick at 10 easily just from everyone else having the hype that they had around them. He is talented though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, it's not something that's like, what are they doing, LOL Tigers? It's more like, oh, three, okay. Like, yep. But like we said, there's no consensus in these nine. Like, you kind of could have taken them in any order, and it would have been like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. So the next, with the fourth overall selection, were the Boston Red Sox, and they selected Marcella Meyer, shortstop out of East Lake High School in California. And this is a guy that, you know, for... A couple weeks now has been projected as, you know, 1-1 or 2 or whatever on a lot of different draft boards. Even today, Fangraphs had him at 1-1, and they were like, this is probably what it's going to be. I mean, Red Sox fans are... This is the angriest you'll ever see a fan base... For who isn't picking one one for getting the consensus quote unquote consensus one one talent. <laughs> There's so many Red Sox tweets like I'm fucking done. We didn't get lighter. It's like you got the dude who was going first, and but also they didn't pass on lighter. Like right, what you, yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> you can't trade up. Like it sucks. He didn't fall to you. Okay, you got the one one shortstop that everyone loves. You know, like. You got one of the elite players from the draft. Yeah. No one said Red Sox fans are smart. Done. So up until this point, mainly things have been 
as expected, but just in a kind of jumbled order. You know, yeah. everyone expected these guys to be drafted very high, but maybe not necessarily in the order they were selected. So now with the fifth overall pick come the Baltimore Orioles. And with their selection, they pick Colton Kowser, the outfielder out of Sam Houston uh, University in Texas. This isn't a reach. I, I wouldn't say this was a reach by any means, but Kowser was not um, projected by most to get selected at number five. It seems to be the Orioles' M.O. that I'm trying to pull up their recent first-round picks. I mean, last year was Kerstad. Right. Yeah. That one I remember. I'm trying to remember. Before that was Rutschman, and then clearly I've prepared very well for this segment. Grayson <laughs> Rodriguez at 11. Um, I mean, I don't think it's – like, they, they did this last year with Kerstad taking a dude higher – like, not ludicrously high, but higher – then he was supposed to go under slotting him and then using that money elsewhere. Yeah, it seems to be their MO. Try to get guys into the onto the team quickly too. Because both of those guys should be up as long as they hit because they're already polished. You know? Mm-hmm. It was just he's one of the picks that's a little surprising because of who was there, like left on the board. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they left a little too much talent on the board for that pick. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like if the if the draft went normally and we the the first four were like the shortstops and all that stuff and lighter and then I could have been like okay yeah because the the really elite top end guys didn't fall to you so you're taking the the next group like a guy who will be quicker to the majors in the next group but they passed on some of those guys for him so that's the only thing that surprised me. Yeah, agreed. Kowser definitely was was generally lumped into that group of guys that would have been, you know, available when the Mets pick that were fine, but underwhelming maybe for, you know, a first third of the draft. But, you know, it'll maybe it'll work out for them. Who knows? I mean, like... You it depends before, on what they do with the money. Exactly. Like you were saying before, there's more to it than just picking the best guy that's available. It's a bit more strategic than that. Yeah, because if, if they do that and then they turn around in the second round and it takes, or in the, I'm sure they have a comp pick, but if they don't, if they turn around in the second round and it takes someone who's more expensive. Yeah, like, then it changes the equation a bit because you're getting a two-for-one thing. But that guy also has to fall to you. Like, there's a lot risky. It's not a sure thing. All right, so next with the sixth overall pick came the Arizona Diamondbacks, and with it they selected Jordan Lawler, shortstop out of Jesuit College Prep in Texas. This is the person who I was really circling for them. Like when he was still on the board at five, I figured he'd go to the Orioles. Definitely it's a bit surprising that he wasn't selected by anyone at this point. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, though, at where that is. This spot makes more sense to me for Lawler, just because I don't think any of his tools really... Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, you're good at everything, mm-hmm. not great at anything. There's no, like, uh, to use a, a term that I dislike using but don't have an alternative to, there's no sex appeal to it, right? It's like, eh, okay. Eh. Very safe. Ironic, it's high school kid, but like there's yeah. nothing like outstanding, like but there's nothing bad either, so as of right now. So Listen, I think as Mets fans we, we kind of have uh some bad memories about safe high school shortstops. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not wrong. It could end up like I mean, that. Define safe. <laughs> right. That's the- right. I mean i I'm in no way comping him to Gavin Zucchini. He's definitely a better player than Gavin Cicchini. Um, But I think the same logic kind of applies. If you're going for floor over ceiling, safety, whatever, don't take a high schooler to do that. Yes, I agree. 
Like I, I don't, I don't get that logic. Again, no, nowhere near as as underwhelming as the Sakini profile, but mm. but similar shade. That's fair. All right. So up to this point, I was saying everything seemed mostly uh, in order. I guess is the best way of saying it. Colton Cows was maybe the biggest reach at this point, but it wasn't like a big reach or anything like that. Like nobody from who wasn't in our top ten. Yeah. You know, you know Kowser might have been in 11, you know, 10 or 11 or 12, whatever. You know, being he, selected he, at 5 is not that big of a yeah. deal. He had me from, like, the 8 to 12 range. Mm-hmm. So next came the Kansas City Royals with their 7th overall pick. And with their selection, they picked Frank Mazzucato, a left-handed pitcher out of East Catholic High School in Connecticut. I didn't expect him to go this high, but that's what this Didn't one of us have him as our, our second round pick? Yep. Yeah, Lucas, I believe. Yeah, I said, I said that like he and Chase, <clears throat> excuse me, as I choked to death, he and Chase Petty were like 45 and 30 roughly, but flipped on fan graphs and baseball America's board. I'm like, yeah, one of them will probably be there for that second round. No. Nope. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I don't think either of them are going to be there. I think Petty got taken. Has he gotten taken? Not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. I saw his name. Like, I saw people talking about him. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely the first reach that blew up the draft boards. Nobody saw this guy being selected at seven overall. No. And, like, he's dominated Connecticut. So, like, I could, I could see the... I could see the vision if you really think you could mold him into something, but that's a lot for seven when what's on the board, as we will discuss when we get to the meth pick. But yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, he's a great guy to have. He's a you know left-handed pitcher, low nineties fastball, but that'll get know, the, that'll get up. The 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 really good, you know, he's he's Anthony, he's high school Anthony K, basically. And that you know that's a fine pitcher, but at seven overall, like, mm, but we'll see. Yeah, eight overall, De- definitely no. a, a um, definitely like a money saving thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eighth overall now, the Colorado Rockies picked, and again things got a little crazy, and they selected outfielder Betty Montgomery out of Redland High School in Pennsylvania. Again, uh, so, not something that many people saw. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I won't. The, the high person on on Montgomery is Keenan Keenan Lamb at Baseball Perspectives, who everyone should follow. He's great. Um, he had him at twelve. So that's not as crazy as it looks in other outlets, for sure. I mean, Fancrafts had him sixteenth. I think I might be wrong off the top of my head. He was um, a first round pick. Like we're not. Yeah. It's not, like, it's not like he was some rando that no one's ever heard of. No, like you know, like Kowser, he's a guy that I think general consensus was he was outside of that first tier of players and was in that second, you know, ten to fifteen grouping or, or whatever numbers you want to use. But there were there were objectively better players still around at the time of the selection, which makes it a bit odd. It's much more fun just to say lol Rockies and move on. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very interesting that the Rockies are the team to, like, take the really, like, raw, untapped talent. (laughs) Because, like, it's the Rockies, and that's not the type of thing that they develop, you know? And does anyone get, like, serious Bubba Starling vibes from this dude? Oh, God. Mm. I haven't thought about him in a minute. Super fast. But that's a downside to a pick like that, where you take him at at eight and it doesn't work and you get Bubba Starling and who cares. All right, now with the ninth overall pick, Los Angeles Angels selected Sam Bachman, a right-handed pitcher out of Miami University. Again, not... Not an overreach, but not a guy that people 
uh, expected to go this early, especially given some of the names that were still available. Yeah, I think... Uh, Lamb had him a 10, so right in the yeah. arc. Yeah, his stuff exploded. I think I think this is... His that, stuff that, nuts. that point That point I made, like, at the, the front, I had Bachman in mind, because I think this is a dude who very much might have been in this conversation much more had we seen him break out back half of 2020 and then sustain into 2021, right? I think this is just... Like, we have no data from 2020. There are a lot of guys who probably did break out, and we saw nothing, um, right? So so if there's a larger body of work for this dude, maybe he's in that top 10 conversation earlier as opposed to being a bit of a surprise and someone who was like helium late. Um, not that I would have made this. Not I'm not gonna, I don't think this would have been my pick, but I wonder if that's what's actually happening here. I could see that. That it's, I think it's an even more of a, um, like baseball's already in, in, in exact science with the draft, less so than other sports, and then you throw in what we've just had for the past year, <laughs> and it's an inexact science that gets even more inexact, so you're not wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Some, some breaking news to announce the, uh, Minnesota Twins with their 26th pick right. just selected Chase Petty. The dream is dead. <laughs> the dream has died. So yeah, it was dead already, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a moment. So Lucas was seeing the vision with taking two first round talents and picking them to go in the second round for the match. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that was a bit of an ambitious, uh, I mean, it, it, hey, look, it makes for better content to talk about some exciting dudes in the Oh second. yeah, of course. Of course, of course. Hashtag content. All right, so just to quickly recap here. First pick, Pirates selected Henry Davis. Second pick, Texas Rangers selected Jack Leiter. Third pick, Detroit Tigers selected Jackson Joe. Fourth pick, Boston Red Sox selected Marcella Meyer. Fifth pick, Baltimore Orioles selected Colton Kowser. Sixth pick, the Arizona Diamondbacks selected Jordan Lawler. Seventh pick, the Kansas City Royals. They selected Frank Mazzucato. Eighth pick, Colorado Rockies selected Benny Montgomery. And the ninth pick, Los Angeles Angels selected Sam Bachman. So now here comes the tenth pick. Here comes the Mets. Has there been a name that has been big in circles and draft circles for a long time that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, I think so. There's a few, actually. (laughs) There is a few, actually. There are two. There's one we've covered extensively on this podcast. (laughs) When the Mets came up to the podium, well, no, when when Rob Manfred, who was getting mercilessly booed by whoever those people were in the crowd, and I really applaud them for that. Rob Goodell style, excellent. (laughs) When he came up to the podium to. to announce the Mets pick at number 10, there were quite a few players who were very talented who were uh, still available. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When the Mets came to pick, Kumar Rocker was still available. When the Mets came to pick, Brady House was still available. When the Mets came to pick, 
South Relic was still available. When the Mets came to pick, Khalil Watson was still available. When the Mets came to pick, Matt McLean was still available. Don't don't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. There were there was a lot of talented players available for the Mets to take. And with their tenth selection with the tenth selection overall in the twenty twenty one draft, the Mets selected Kumar Rocker. Right-handed pitcher at a Vanderbilt University. If I had a soundboard, I'd be hitting the Monty Python, and there was much rejoicing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Can we just take a minute to celebrate us? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I can't wait. <laughs> Hooray! It's just, like, the, the, the amount of cute stuff that had to happen for him to fall, and then the Mets to actually be like, because I was thinking about this, like I don't think the Wilpon Mets do this because you have to pay him like a top five pick probably, like, or he will just like not sign. <laughs> like even I think Passan said it that like they're gonna have to pay up for him, and they will because they can now, and that's the advantage of stuff like that with having a returner. So on a scale of one to. I'm trying to think. You know, ten doesn't really encapsulate it. On a, on a scale of one to ten, how hyped were you that the Mets selected Rocker? I was pretty much a ten. Yeah, yeah I'd say ten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the caveat that you should never be that excited about the MLB draft because yeah, the MLB like, draft. But a ten on the MLB draft relative scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. He's not he's not showing up for the second half. So he pitch out of the bullpen. He might. <laughs> he could. <laughs> he might be good enough right now with the comparativeness of the pen. But if Matt Allen was healthy, there's a universe where both Matt Allen and Kumar Rocker are pitching out of the Met bullpen in September. I was on um for all you kids out there before the season, and um we me and Jeff talked about how there's a non there, there was a possibility that you could do that if Allen popped enough this year. Like, well, he popped. Yeah, he popped something, but <laughs> but oh, like, no. if he stayed healthy and like, because arms they fall apart, as we know. Like, so you might as well get the use out of them when you might as well get them to the big leagues as quick as possible. Don't really dilly dally with them, but alas, they helped with their pitching prospect stuff and took probably the best college arm in the draft, even with the questions. Now again, let's ask another question here on a on a scale of one to ten. How distraught, angry, enraged, you know, pick a word would you have been if the Mets selected someone other than Rocker, someone other than those lists of guys that were mentioned before, the Rockers, the Houses, the Watsons? Pretty much Rocker, um Watson or House, I would have been fine with. I think I prefer Rocker over the other two because I think he's a little bit safer to be a major league player when the other two are high school kids and one is a established college pitcher. Like, even if Rocker never truly figures out the fastball as much as he should, he'll be able to go to the bullpen. Like, that's not what you want out of the 10th pick, but also that's a, a floor possibility for him. So, like, I think it's a little bit safer and also the ceiling is fucking through the roof. So... Sign me up. You know, any of those three would have been fine. Anyone else I would have been a little pissed about because how could you pass on that talent for, especially in a draft where we complained all last week about how there's nine people in it (laughs) and everything else is there's a big drop off after that and a few of them fell. Yeah, that would have been uh, disappointing. Yeah, I'll say I would have been slightly disappointed if it wasn't House or... Rocker, extremely disappointed if it wasn't one of those two or Watson, and especially annoyed if it was Matt McLean. I thought it was going to be Montgomery still. Like, I thought they were just going to stick to their guns. Yeah. And take the shortstop, the high school shortstop. And I would have been like, are you serious? Why are you doing this to me? But, I mean, the scouting department pretty much said it. They were like, we didn't expect this to happen, and then it did. And we were like, we would be stupid not to do this. That's basically what the quote is. Yeah, which, like... You would be stupid not to do this. You'd have to be really fucking stupid. And I'm glad that they realized that. I'm glad that they real like they saw the opportunity and were like, "Hey, we gotta pull the trigger on this, even if it's going to be a little more expensive or whatever." 
And also, like, that you've got to, like, come off your pre-draft agreements if there are any, right? Like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they had a promise to Montgomery or or someone, and, like, I'm sure there's some difficulty and personal awkwardness, mm-hmm. damage that you could damage a professional relationship, but at some point you got to say, no, this guy's the better talent, and he's somehow still here. We're, we're doing what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. Colson Montgomery, for what it's worth, he was selected um, 22 by the White Sox. Which is where I he should have went. Like, yeah. You know. yeah, that's about right. Yep. That's a good spot for him. Um, and the other guys they were linked to, Sal Frelick went like 15th. So that's the, this is the second year in a row a college outfielder I like went to the Brewers and, and Mitchell's now a top 50 prospect. So no, I can't wait means. till their outfield is both of them at one point. <laughs> that's going to be fun <laughs> as hell. Um, and you're just tilted constantly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to play the Brewers. Frelick's going to steal like eight bases in this series. Mitchell's going to hit three bombs. I'm like, yep, yep. You're going to um, be like, I told you guys. See, I'm not. I'm not going to be annoyed about Frelick though, because yeah, I got Rocker, right? Uh, the other dude, Matt McLean, went 17th. So I don't know who, if any, the, uh, the Mets had a, any agreements with, but they all wound up in the first round regardless. So I don't think anyone's going to be that upset. Should we talk about the money that Rocker is probably going to get? Well, the slot value for the tenth overall pick is four point seven four million. So that's a base. Rocker ain't taking that. That's the floor. That's the minimum. Rock Rocker's a sophomore draftee. Yeah, right. He has all the leverage. No, right. Sure he's so a he junior. Can, he is a he's junior. A junior oh, yeah. but he has an extra yeah. year of eligibility. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Unlike most juniors, you get drafted and then don't want to go back to the draft as a senior and only have one year and then get drafted again and have zero leverage. Rocker could pretty easily tell a team to go screw and go back into the draft next year with two more years to play. And so, he does he does have some incentive there. I mean, talent-wise, he is a guy that, when everything is going right, could be selected First overall. I mean, that's what the rumors were. If this were was cool. like a, a year ago, he would have been first overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's eligible a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was really good. You know, Vanderbilt was a really good team this year, but they, they, they lost in the College World Series, and, you know, Rocker was on the mound. So with that extra year of eligibility, he could be like, you know, you're not meeting my demands going back to college. We're going to bring that championship back to Vandy. Yeah, and it's certainly, like, in the the other side of this, of course, that he's a pitcher. If he was a hitter, it'd be even more so. Like, you don't want to be a pitcher, go back, blow out your UCL, and yeah. oops. Um, and he also had some weird velo fluctuations. We didn't hear anything about an injury, but who knows. Um, I vaguely remember seeing on Twitter somewhere that he wants, like, that $7 million payday. Uh, Passan said that he's gonna get he like a, a top like, five gets, like a top five pick, a six million plus. Yeah, uh, the range for the top five picks: the first overall this year would be eight point four two, then the second is seven point seven nine, then seven point seven two, then six point six six, and then fifth overall will be six point one eight million. So in the six sevens, yeah. So the Mets are gonna so have to go over by seven, yeah. Yeah, the Mets are gonna have to go over by one and a half million at least, possibly more. Well, if there's one good thing is that we know that the Mets have been able to do this kind of thing in the past and, you know, get the maximum out of their, their, their allotted budgets. And I think like this, like I said before, this is where the having the super rich owner who doesn't care about money helps. Like, if you go like if you could probably afford to go and blow out your drafts on one dude or whatever if you're not worried about what's coming next because you could fix it and you could help it in other ways like internationally and stuff like that so if they do have to cut deals to afford him with all the slot stuff then they will because he's worth it and they can 
I'm going to be the dissenter because that's what I always am. <laughs> I think I prefer, like, I'm not complaining about the Rockers' talent. Me personally, I think I would have preferred House, but again, coin flip between them. But if, if Rockers going to cost a big chunk more money, I, I lean even more towards House at that point. I don't know. Um, there's obviously a lot more risk associated with a prep player than a college player, but, but we should see what the final bonus figures are before. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make like the first overall money. So, if I had to guess, I'd say like a hair over six. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah, I could see that, and yeah, right. that's pretty easy to make up later. Yep, That'd be what like a one point one and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, roughly. So they probably have to. I mean, my. I mean, it's easier to do if you're um, cutting a deal in the first because there's just right. bigger money. Right. But uh, I don't know. There's no shortage of seniors. I mean, if they cut, if they cut their third and fourth picks, basically, right? Yeah. If they went, I mean, if they went with the senior drafty strategy we've seen in recent years, they could still take a real player at slot value in the second, and then probably make up the money they need with the rest of their picks. Um, yeah. And I think we as a group have liked that draft strategy. Like, get the higher-end talent up front. They need to do a better job with the seniors they draft, of course, because the seniors (laughs) they drafted have um, sucked. So, let's... Don't uh, you say that about Jake Mangum. Don't you say that about Joe Gennord. Uh, I was more talking about Anthony Walters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So, I I mean, you got... I know you weren't besmirching the good name of Luke Ritter. No, of course not. Home run king, king, Luke Ritter. (laughs) They they can find a way to make this work without, and still get at least one more premium talent in. Premium talent relative to draft spot, I think. But they're not going to be doing, don't be on the lookout for any prep fun in round two or anything. Yeah, that'll be really hard to afford. Which, I mean, if a top five talent falls to you at 10, I'm fine with making that sacrifice. Look, the dude's got prototypical size, good stuff, good results on the field. If you fix that velocity fluctuation, then there's really no flaws. Third pitch, I suppose, but who doesn't? What pitching prospect doesn't have third pitch issues? We've been talking about why we're so excited for Rocker, but, uh, you know, we haven't really touched on why we're excited for Rocker. Um, so now's a good time to do so. And just first looking at him, he is a big, strong dude. He's, uh, what is he, 6'5", 245. That is solid, solid, solid pitching frame. That's the kind of durable frame that, you know, can can throw 200 innings plus easily year after year after year. Um, and, you know, and he gets that because his father is a former uh, NFL player, Tracy Rocker, for anyone that really follows football in the 80s and 90s. That's, you know, that's his kid. That's his dad. So, um, fastball, there's, there's some... Questions and concerns. Yeah, that's concerns. why he's here at 10. And that's why he's here at 10. Basically, you know, in years past, he he's basically was like, you know, 93 to 96, low to mid-90s. This year, he's still at the season, averaging like 96, 97 for his first couple starts. And then all of a sudden, the fastball just dipped to like 90, 91, 92 on average. I wonder if that was COVID year off related or shortened year related, where he was just kind of tired. It's possible because we have not heard anything regarding, you know, injury. Mm-hmm. That's heard, why I asked, yeah. Yes, there's been no whispers of anything major there. So, yeah, and then he did get some of the velocity back a little bit. It was, it dipped to like the low 90s for, for a couple of starts. And then it kind of went back up to the, you know, mid 90s and then again fell back down to the low 90s again. So it's, Fluctuated and bounced all over the place, which is not what you want to see. But you know, like like you said, he would not be around at tenth overall if that hadn't been the case, because he is a guy with just you know, on pure talent when everything's going good, has has the potential to go one one. Um but yeah, fastball, 
aside, he has a very good slider and a, a solid curveball and a solid changeup. So he has a four-pitch arsenal. I would say the fastball, you know, when it's working is average to above average. The slider is plus. The curveball is probably average to above average, and the changeup is probably average. That's ahead of the curve for, like, a lot of prospects. Some just have two pitches. Oh, again, that's why this dude <laughs> was in the discussion for 1-1 at, you know, at, at varying points in time. Now that he is likely a Met, and I only say likely because you know how the Met, you know, if, if there's one team that's going to Mets things up, it's going to be the Mets. <laughs> but now that he's likely a Met, where does he fall on the Mets' top prospect list? Is he is he is he a top prospect in the Mets system? Well, third. yeah, me and Lucas have him both third. Mm, okay. Oh yeah, no, I'd agree. He's um, probably like a step above Mauricio, uh, the hurt Allen yep. again, and behind the guys who've taken a, a clear step forward this year. But he has potential to be like a top prospect in baseball if everything works out. Like, yeah. like the the ceiling is there to be an elite talent, like an elite arm across baseball, <clears throat> not just in the Mets system. I would probably put him second behind only Alvarez. You put him above Beatty? Yeah. yeah. I hardcore disagree with that. <laughs> is it is that more about Rocker or Beatty? No, that's about um, Beatty. No, 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 no. I mean, like, from the, the that ranking, because I want to I see your reasoning. As to why I hard disagree with No, that. no, 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 Steve. Like, oh. I want to see Steve's reasoning because I'm curious. Because Rocker is fucking good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so is Beatty. So he like, is, but I think Rocker is much more of a sure thing in terms of being okay. able to do what they are supposed to do. You know, like you were saying uh, a while ago, his floor is of a bullpen arm and probably a high leverage bullpen arm. Yeah, like setup man closer. Beatty, he's you know he just got promoted to Double A. He's no no you know nothing against him. He had a terrific season um, with the Cyclones in High A. You know he's going to get his first taste of Double A now. And this is the point where a lot of players flame out. And I'm not saying that he's going to flame out. I I think the odds of him not being able to handle you know Double A pitchers throwing with better command and better breaking balls. You know the odds of that happening are like. Two percent, whatever. Very, very slim. I got you. Okay. But there just are are a few more questions around Beatty's ability to hit and to play defense, and where he will play ultimately than there are with uh, Rocker. Um, so, like another way you could put that, I guess, would be um, if this were a year ago, you know. Or um, but before like COVID and everything, there the he he would have gone one one, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know some things have changed since then, but it's also been very very weird. Uh, so I guess there's an argument that he could be that type of like one one talent if not for weirdness. So. And the thing for me, it's like it's not even like he we said before. It's not like he got hurt. Like, he pitched the whole season. He was very like, good for a whole season. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. It, he didn't suck either. Like, yeah, his the numbers were... Down, and no one hit him anyway. Like, yep. so... He's a finalist for the Golden Spikes. He's a finalist for the Dick Houser Trophy. He posted, like, a 1.3 ERA. He had 170-something strikeouts, I believe. Yeah, it's like a 13K per nine. Um... <clears throat> Well, that being said, I still prefer Batty at this moment in time. But I, I think I, I think it's closer than um, you know you might think upon first glance. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I don't think it's close at all, honestly. But is it just like how good they've been hitting? I think I think both Beatty and Al, I mean I tend to 
And BP just dropped their midseason top 50. I think Alvarez is a, a clearly a seven, and Beatty's probably a soft seven. And I think there's a tier, a whole tier of a gap between the two of them and Rocker currently. So that that's that, that's just my day. I mean, let's see how he looks when he gets dropped into wherever they drop him. <laughs> I just looked it up. Beatty's a single week. Older than Kumar Rapper. <laughs> wow, really? That's crazy. Yeah. Not that it means anything, but I just, you know, with Beatty's, you know, age and everything, I was just like, hmm. But yeah, they're uh, on on a. I think we all agree that the Mets' performance today tonight was very good. Certainly nope. better than their on-field performance. Oh yeah. Well, we don't care about that. <laughs> Where do we think they put Rocker? So, did they change it so that um, players who get drafted don't go to an affiliate? Wasn't that one of the changes? Was it? I think I, I think you could choose somewhere. Like Okay. I might just be talking out of my ass. I know what you're saying, though, that there was like a... Like an, like a almost extended spring training type thing that people were talking about, right? Do vaguely recall something about I thought that was for the not-drafted people. Uh, not drafted, know. None undrafted. of this makes any fucking sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to keep track. Look, like, look really there's are. a reason Manfred's getting booed every time he gets out on that stage. <laughs> I would assume Brooklyn, though. Like, I feel like double A's too high. and yep. I agree. Uh, Low A is too low. Like, that's just the sweet spot to start him and let him, like, kind of pitch a few innings every now and then. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just stuck him in the complex and just had him work, like, on rehab. But As if he's on rehab, you mean? Yeah, that type of thing where he's just that getting on a throwing program, you know. That would be kind of unfair to those hitters. Could you imagine those poor complex kids? <laughs> I mean, obviously, selfishly, want him in Brooklyn. Yeah, that'd be dope. And honestly, Brooklyn would be, you know, high A does seem an appropriate talent, you know, level of competition for him to face to gauge things. I think we all can agree consensus that he is, you know, coming from the SEC and everything, he is better than pitching in low A. It's weird that we've gone from the Wilpon era paradigm of these college players are way too good for Brooklyn, but good for ticket sales. Send them to Brooklyn, too. Oh, yeah, Brooklyn's the appropriate level now. Let's send them to Brooklyn. (laughs) That's the difference between, you know, a short A affiliate and a legitimate full season affiliate. Look, like three years ago with Jeff Wilpon running the show, Kumar Rockers going to Brooklyn in, like, late August and making Stutes look bad. The, the, the David Peterson program. Yes. Oh God, he was just like way too it's good. Not for fair. <laughs> I, I I saw his first like start. It was like an inning in Brooklyn, and like he was just throwing stuff right by everyone, and everyone was like, "What is this?" <laughs> David, the David Peterson we're all very familiar with at this point in Brooklyn, fourteen point seven K nine. It was like three point three and two thirds innings, but what the hell? Yeah, it was what just it, when you throw a very advanced breaking ball against yeah. hitters who have never seen anything like it. Yeah, it was like three one inning appearances or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He like opens kind of like quote unquote open. Yeah, that's when he was dealing with a a uh, ingrown toe or whatever, supposedly. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think Brooklyn's a good spot for him if they're going to do that. If they're going to put him on an affiliate right away and yeah. let him just uh, let him just work his way into affiliated baseball, because he could pretty much fly through the system. I think if everything goes well. Yeah, I think it. Uh, we can all agree that he's going. Regardless of what happens, he's going to start next season in Double A. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then at that point, he could. Make the majors next year. I mean, I mean that's true. He could start. He could start next season in MLB. 
like if he's starting in double A even, it's not that big of a leap to say if he's dominating double A and everything advances the way it should that he's a major league ready arm by midseason. You know, just by pure how advanced this stuff already is. It's four average pitches and I mean three average pitches and one plus plus slider. Like that could play in a bullpen if you want to like let him start that way. Like there, there's a chance this velo fluctuation was literally nothing, or it's something that's extremely easy, easily fixed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Then he's that one-one pitcher again. There's also a chance, of course, that he's yeah, demise, and things aren't as good. Sure. So he's either going to start the 2022 season on the Mets in Double A <laughs> or on the disabled list with Tommy John. <laughs> And I'm not really sure which is which is worse. Do you want to be in, on the Mets? Do you want to be in Binghamton or injured? I don't know. Starts in Brooklyn again because Brooklyn must win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing him in those really fresh black uniforms that they've been <laughs> advertising, and mm. mm-hmm. All right, well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex2queens at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Luke's at ElVlahos343. Ken is at KenLevin91. And Thomas is at ZadMetSeason, S-Z-N. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you got your podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, we thank you for listening. And we will be back tomorrow to review the next couple of picks that the Mets that the Mets make, um, round two through ten. So, uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs>